Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homicer with you, as always. Joining us now, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Zach Paschal, fresh off a 20-point victory over the Detroit Lions yesterday. First off, Zach, congrats on the win. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. We, uh, we've been working on this for a little while to get you on, and I'm very excited to have you on. I think, uh, I think when I first tried to get you on, it was after that Cincinnati game. That was just a a wild ride on both sides, but uh, like Jared said, there a nice twenty-point victory coming off the bye against uh, against a tough Lions team yesterday. So, congratulations on that. But before we break down the game, I want to I want to touch on something real quick. You had you had a pass attempt yesterday. You're you're the wide receiver for the Colts, but you had a pass attempt yesterday. Run run through that with me. Tell me uh, kind of what was going on there. Man, so we had we had a play um, where it was like a, I guess a double pass. Um, last year we ran it versus the Texans and it was overthrown. Um, and I thought I would never get that chance again. I told myself <laughs> I got that chance again, man, I'm going to complete it. And then it came back around this time, man. And I just, I mean, I, I, we didn't execute the play. So, um, that one hurt me. That, that one, I'm a forever, I'm a forever remember, but, um, it was good to, at least that we came out with the W. Um, but that particular play, yeah, it did, it did touch me. All right, practice makes perfect. Tell Coach to uh, run it next week, too. <laughs> so you guys are sitting at 5-2 and two right now, right in the thick of the AFC South uh, crown race. So tied for first place after the Titans drop one to the Bengals. How do you guys feel overall right now? I mean, the defense is among the best in the league. Offense seems to be really flowing. Uh, you got 72 points over your last two games. Um, so how are you guys feeling right now going into this Sunday against Baltimore? Uh, I don't think we're even thinking about uh, – like the schedule and things like that. I feel like we're focused on getting better, like within ourselves, you know, coming off the game, you know, we put up 40 points, but we still have things that we have to work on um, as a team to get better. And that's offense, defense, special team. Um, so I, I think every week when we go into the week, no matter what team it is, we focus on getting better on ourselves. And we know, you know, if we come out and we play how we can play, then, you know, we can come up with a W. So. I would say that's just our normal focus every week. And that's just, that's just like kind of our, like our mentality of going one and oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a weekly game, you know, one week, it might be a, a rough week, but the next week you can, you can bounce back there. But uh, I do want to touch on your quarterback now because, you know, last year and it was uh Jacoby Brissett, Brissett show. And now, you know, the longtime Indianapolis charter, sorry, Los Angeles charger, uh, Philip Rivers coming in here. Seems like, you know, things are things are starting to click a little bit. Phillips having a little bit better year than he had last year. It was a little bit rough for him, but now he's got the, the new scenery, the new team, the new head coach. Everything that kind of, you know, it seems like it's working for him. So what have you seen from from Phillip Rivers, you know, even just from your first snap with him in, in practice and in the first game to, you know, just yesterday against uh, against the Lions? Oh, man, Phil is, a, Phil is a great guy. I could tell. I, I, like, just watching him play the game, I know – yeah, he loves football, um, and he's going to do whatever he can to help us win the game. Just having that vet presence in that, like, on that field to help, you know, get us out of 
bad situations is is amazing. Um, and, and he's a great guy to be around, man. He's so funny. You know, we be playing games all the time. He's so competitive. Um, yeah, he's 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 a great guy. But even like like I like like I was saying earlier, like our offense, you know, it's just continually to try and get better each and every week, each and every week. Um, and you can kind of see us getting better, getting better, getting better. So if we just continue that mentality, you know, we could, we could continue to get better on that offensive side. This is uh, it's as trash talk game as elite as everyone talks about because <laughs> I think that's one of the mo- the more notorious things about Phil is uh, he doesn't really shut up on the field and it seems to be. Nah, <laughs> no, it is definitely elite. It is definitely elite. <laughs> it is definitely elite. I like it. I like it. He, he, bring, he brings the edge for sure. Every, and uh, you know, in, in yesterday's game, it, se- it seems, to, seems like almost, you know, every week your team kind of has the one guy that has the big game. For you, it was a couple games ago, you had the two touchdowns. Yesterday it was Naheem Hines, two touchdowns, and a pretty amazing uh, celebration in the end zone there. Did, 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 <laughs> did your coach say anything to him after that, after that flip in the end zone? Because that looked like it could have gone pretty wrong if uh, he didn't execute it right. Well, he got a game ball today, and, he, and when they gave him the game ball, you know they mentioned his backflip. So I guess everybody loved it. But man, he's, that was that, that was pretty athletic for him to do it with was. all the equipment and everything. Yeah, but I mean, in this offense, anybody can go can go off and, and at any time. We have a lot of a lot of talent on our offense. So mm-hmm. at any given point, if you if you want to double this guy or focus on this guy, well then this guy can go go off, and you know we have a lot of pieces that we could just put together. So. Um, it's been good, man. It's been real good. Naheem, Naheem went crazy yesterday. <laughs> and talk about, you know, the talent in the offense because, I mean, you know, compared to previous offenses that you've been a part of, because now it's, you know, you, it's T.Y. Hilton, uh, Michael Pittman, another guy that uh, the Colts drafted, Jonathan Taylor, another rookie who's been really complimenting the running back room as well, and that great offensive line. How does this team, in terms of talent on both sides of the ball, really, including the defense, how does this team compare to previous teams that you've been a part of? I mean, you could definitely tell um, we're a lot more talented. We went and added, we came and we added a lot of few pieces. Um, and now we're just trying to, you know, well, not now, but, you know, this season, just trying to gel it all together and continue to get better as a team, put everything together and, you know, become one of the great teams that um, that we can be. Um, and that just comes with our mentality and how, how hard we come prepared to work at practice and uh, putting it on tape and doing it in the game. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it. The team, the the success that the team has had so far, just speaks to the depth that you have. It's it speaks to, you know, the quarterback you have in Phil Rivers there, and I think you know the defense is playing great, and you got a tough opponent next week against the Ravens. I'm sure you know you haven't done a whole lot too much uh, game planning for that game yet, but you know just just from the early standpoint here in the week, uh, what do you got to do to beat this defense? What do you got to do to beat this team? I mean, it's it's a fierce defense there in Baltimore. Uh, for you as a wide receiver, for you, your offense as a whole, what's what's kind of, you know, going to be the key to to taking down this Baltimore Ravens team? Uh, I think we just got to come out and play physical, come out and execute our plays, um, be in our right spots and and, and execute with technique. Um, we just going to have to come out there and play hard. This is a very talented defense, like you said. Um, they're very aggressive, um, and it's going to be uh, a good game for us on, on Sunday. Definitely. Mozak, we appreciate your time, mate. Uh, good luck this Sunday against Baltimore. As a Steeler fan, I'm hoping you get that W. Just take it a little bit easy on Pittsburgh when you get closer to week 16, as long as that's okay with you and I, all right? <laughs> yeah, all right, man. Y'all be safe. Take care. Appreciate you right, having me. Yes, sir. Take you, care, man. brother. Have a all good right. one. Yes, sir. There he is, Zach Pascal. We can't thank him enough for giving us his time. Uh, you know, it's good to talk to him. We don't, we don't we don't really talk about the Colts too much, and I'm sorry about that for any Colts fans that are listening. But they are a sneaky team, I think, in in the AFC. They're they're a sneaky team to win that division. Maybe go on, maybe a, a little bit of a run. They could win a game in the playoffs, I think. So, you know, a team to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I mean, they were my preseason pick to win the AFC South, and uh, you know, after that Week One loss to Jacksonville, I think people were kind of hesitant to really focus on Indianapolis. But after that, they rattle off three wins. Uh, you know, they lose that game in Cleveland, and then they rattle off two more, coming from behind to beat Cincinnati and then just obliterating the Lions yesterday. So, no, I mean, I think they definitely have, one, the defense that's capable of containing the Ravens' offense. Um, so I think that's going to be a big part of it. But offensively, they've got – I think Indianapolis has the best offensive line in football. So in terms of the Ravens blitzing, 
uh, that's something that's really going to be maybe the key matchup of the game. It's going to be the offensive line of Indianapolis, of Indianapolis against the pass rush of the Ravens. So we'll see what unit comes out on top. But Phillip Rivers is going to have to get rid of that ball quick. Um, so we'll see how, how much of that plays a factor into things, see if the run game can really get going. So, no, I'm looking forward to that game this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as a Steeler fan, we're hoping that uh, Indianapolis moves to 6-2 and two and uh, knock, knocks off the Ravens. So we'll and see what happens. A big thing, too, is uh, Marlon Humphrey just announced that he has, he has COVID. So he got yeah. put on the, on the COVID list. So I would assume he won't be active for this game next Sunday. Uh, and that, that kind of opens up that secondary a little bit. I mean, they still have Marcus Peters. They still have a great defense, but that's a big, big blow to a very good defense. So I don't know. I think, you know, might, might see another big game, another two touchdown game from our, from our guy, Zach Pascal. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Um, you know, he's still got six days to really see, you know, how the testing goes. If he tests negative, then maybe he'll, he'll get thrown in there. But um, yeah, um, Steelers, all of their tests came back negative. So good news for Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. no positive COVID tests. Um, so that's obviously good news that hasn't really spread to any other team. So uh, we'll see what the status of Marlon Humphrey will be uh, for the Sunday. But yeah, um, this is one of the more intriguing games to watch this week. Both teams sitting at five and two, um, both trying to catch, you know, the first place uh, leaders in their division. So um, Indianapolis and Tennessee tied right now at five and two. I believe that Tennessee would have the tiebreaker based off divisional record. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I mean, this is a big game for the Colts. A very big game for Baltimore as well. I mean, if Pittsburgh wins, they go to 8-0 and Baltimore slides to 5-3. and It's going to be very hard to catch Pittsburgh in that division. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you and I were talking about it. I, I think, you know, going into the season, you were pretty confident in the Steelers to win that division. I was a little less, you know, hesitant on believing it, but I got to believe it now, and uh, I, I think I'm fully on board, so – Baltimore, Baltimore better be on their A game because the Colts, like I said, are a sneaky team in that AFC. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I really wouldn't. I, I think they have the defense that can control Baltimore. It just comes down to if that, that offense can score points on Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, the AFC South is a very two-team race right now. I mean, Tennessee and Indianapolis both 5-2, and two, and then Houston and Jacksonville are both 1-6. and six. So, you know, it's a, it's a very top-heavy division. And uh, – uh, I think the Colts are the better overall team. Obviously, Tennessee just acquired Desmond King from the Chargers today, so that'll really help out their struggling secondary. But um, now in terms of defense, I mean, the Colts are the better overall unit. I think offensively, they've got, um, I think, more depth and a more abundance of, 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 of threats that they can turn to. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's had a great year. He's dealing with a bum ankle right now. But they showed. I mean, Naheem Hines had a big game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then receiver-wise, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, Hasn't been exactly what we expected, but, I mean, you'll have breakout games from a guy like Zach Pascal. You'll have uh, these running backs step up. And Noelle um, Cox has been a very good go-to guy, Jack Doyle at tight end. So, I mean, they've got an abundance of guys who they can turn to in different situations. Uh, mm-hmm. So, no, I think Indianapolis is a very big player in the AFC South, and I think that, you know, even if they don't win the division, they'll be right there for, you know, a five or a six seed. No doubt. No doubt. But – uh we thank we thank Zach for coming on. We uh, we thank you for giving giving us some time there. Um, and what do you say we take a break here? Yeah, we'll take a little break. We'll be right back. Places out. Kurt Thomas and Jared Bailey. Keep keep it locked. All right, welcome back to Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Thomas are with you. Um, this week was I don't know, man. We had a few exciting games. We had um, you know, a couple stinkers, but we also had the trade deadline today, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Came and went. Without much of a splash, I mean, we had Stephon Gilmore was, you know, in rumors. Will Fuller was in rumors with Green Bay. Um, and then nothing really happened, nothing exciting, at least with, you know, big-name players. Um, so it's upsetting. Were, yeah, it was very upsetting. I was expecting a lot. I was like, well, maybe not a lot because it is the NFL. The NFL doesn't – they're notorious for not having a crazy trade deadline, which I wish would change because I love the trade deadline day, but – yeah, no, no big names moved. I mean, I was, I was hoping Will Fuller to the Packers. I was hoping, you know, Stephon Gilmore would get moved. Maybe, maybe even a, a JJ Watt type of name, but nothing. I mean, it was, it was kind of lame. But you know, we we got some news uh, just came out a couple of minutes ago that uh, some bigger names, big-ish names, got released. So you know, guys like Dante Pettis from the 49ers, wide receiver, got released. Uh, Vic Beasley got released. Jonathan Joseph got released. So. There will be some moves. Those guys probably won't be free agents for too long. So at least there, there's some some news to talk about there. Yeah, a little bit. I think Vic Beasley's kind of the bigger one. I, 
I'm not high on Dante Pettis at all. I think he'll go somewhere who are desperate for a receiver, whether that be New England, whether that be Green Bay. Yeah, I think that would be a perfect spot for him just because they missed out on Will Fuller. I think why not? You know, you you don't have to give up anything except for just money for him. So bring him in. Aaron Rodgers could use anything right now because his weapons are pretty depleted behind uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah, um, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scaling had that hot start to the year. He's been kind of quiet. Alan Lazard's been a little bit quiet since the New Orleans game. So, no, I think they could use any other addition that they can get. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious how lenient the Packers are on Devontae Adams. And mm-hmm. it was made even more apparent this past Sunday. He had three touchdowns in their 28-22 loss to the Vikings. Um, I'm still not worried about Green Bay, though. I mean, when you look at this, that these division, especially the NFC North, I mean, those divisional games, they tend to kind of split um, each year. So I'm not, I'm not worried about Green Bay. Um, now, the team that, I mean, we lost all hope for a while ago, sticking in the NFC, we'll go to the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys placed Andy Jeez. Dalton on the reserve uh, COVID-19 list. They also announced that they're not going to be starting Ben DiNucci, this week against Pittsburgh, they're going to either be starting uh, who are the other two guys I had to even go Cooper back Rush look. or uh, Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, they, they so poison there, Dallas. So I mean, regardless of who it is, you got to be thinking that Steelers defenders will be licking their chops as I sit <laughs> with my terrible towel wrapped mm-hmm. around my wrapped around my leg. I'll put it over my shoulder, <laughs> like like a title belt. But no, I mean, we talked about it with Rotorama a few probably last week. You know, this three-game road trip that Pittsburgh's had to go on because of the rescheduling of the Titans game, it's going a lot better than I expected it to. I thought they'd drop at least one of those of their last two games to either Tennessee or Baltimore. Um, if they go into Dallas and lose to Cooper Rush or um, – what the hell's the other guy's name? Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> Garrett – or Garrett Gilbert. Jesus, God. Yeah, if, if they – now, do I think it's going to happen? No. I think the line opened at 13 and a half in favor of Pittsburgh. So their defense should eat this game. There should be multiple takeaways. TJ Watt and Bud Dupree should have three sacks apiece. It should be, it should be a feasting for the Steelers D. I, I think so. Um, the only thing, I mean, look at, look at last or uh, what was it, Monday night football game. I mean, we thought, we thought the Buccaneers were going to come in and just roundhouse the Giants out of MetLife Stadium and they were what a two-point conversion away from going into overtime and possibly winning that game I'm not I'm not saying the Buccaneers are the same as the Steelers but I'm just saying it's week to week you you never know I I don't think that's a a fair comp solely because you know Daniel Jones is a guy who I mean he's got a year under his belt one of these guys whoever they start it's going to be Cooper Rush (laughs) or Garrett Gilbert I believe both of them that would be their first career start and the regular yeah, season. Yeah, because Cooper Rush was with them with them last year. I don't know if he ever – he definitely didn't start. I, I, I don't know if he ever got some playing time. But So, you're going up against the best pass rush in football. And, like, yeah. like you said, I mean, Tampa Bay's got a very good defense as well. But, I mean, Daniel – it's not like the Giants are the right. Cowboys right now in their quarterback situation. So, Fair. you know, I, I, I like to think that, you know, Pittsburgh will, will get we'll, – we'll have a fun week on Sunday. We'll get into more of that Thursday, I suppose. But we've got – Week like eight's a though. yeah, yeah. And week week eight was, you know, week seven last week we were talking about it. That might have been the most electric week of football that we've had so far. Week eight was not so electric. We, yeah, yeah week know. eight was very a one game show, and that was yeah. the Steelers Ravens game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, that was, and that, everybody kind of knew that. Everybody knew coming in that that was going to be the game to watch, and it didn't disappoint. I mean, it didn't disappoint whatsoever. And the Ravens actually played a lot better than I thought they did. And, and when, I, when I say that, I mean their offense. Their offense put up more points than I thought they would on that Pittsburgh defense because all we've seen this year is Pittsburgh, you know, holding teams to under 20 points and their offense can, you know, do what they got to do to get the win. This was a, a full team effort on both sides and Steelers just somehow barely escaped with a win there. And it was, it was a very fun ending to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Big Ben was four of ten for twenty-four yards in the first half, and they were down. And the only touchdown that they had was the Robert Spillane pick yep. a minute into the game. So their offense was absolutely non-existent. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. Uh, but their defense is what really kept them in it. Um, they had obviously the Spillane pick six. They had a fumble recovery. 
um, after Bud Dupree knocked it loose from Lamar Jackson. Second half, though, it was a completely different story. Um, they won a lot of empty set. Ben got rid of the ball really quick. Alex Highsmith had an interception that set up the Eric Ebron touchdown. And then after that, I mean, it was really all Pittsburgh. Um, you know, and I tweeted this before the show. I think that the Ravens are a lot like – I think we could call the Ravens the Milwaukee Bucks of the NFL, where – they're very reliant on a superstar who's very, very good at doing one thing. So in this situation, I guess you could compare Lamar Jackson to Giannis, where he's very good at penetrating, getting inside, mm-hmm. inside buckets. But down the stretch, eventually you're going to need him to make a three, and he, yep. he can't do that. And yeah. I think that Lamar's proven that he can't win games with his arm. And uh, Steelers' defense came, came through very, very well on Sunday. And um, it makes me even that much more excited for the Thanksgiving game. Yeah, I, oh, that's going to be a fun game. That's Thanksgiving games disappoint a lot, but I don't see how this game is going to disappoint. I mean, it's <laughs> a two powerhouse teams in this league. So I think, you know, Pittsburgh's got to lose at some point, but they're probably going to go 8-0 after next week. And I don't know. I, I was I was very surprised. Um, I was not – not maybe not very surprised, but I was surprised that Pittsburgh pulled it off. I, I thought that Baltimore was going to take it. Pittsburgh has to lose at some point, my friend. I'm sorry. I, I know you want. I know you want the immaculate season. Oh man, I think they're gonna lose before ten and zero. I think they'll either they they should win Sunday to get to eight and zero. I think either Cincinnati and depending if Gardner Minshew's playing or not, I think Jacksonville can knock him off because historically they don't play well against Jacksonville. Now Ben Roethlisberger's never lost in Jacksonville, but you remember a few years ago that I think he threw three interceptions that game or four picks, and they they won on his last second touchdown. But it was a game that they should have lost. Um, yeah, historically, they don't play Jacksonville very well. I've said it all year that the Bengals are so much better than their record shows, and they mm-hmm. proved that uh, on Sunday with their win over the Titans. So, um, no, I think that sooner rather than later, they'll get that first loss, um, you know, whether it be against the Bengals, if Gardner Minshew's back, if it's against the Jaguars. Um, eventually, yeah, you're, they'll get that first loss. It's just, it's just a matter of when, not if. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, I mean, maybe the second biggest storyline, maybe, you could argue, what got into the Miami Dolphins' defense? For <laughs> the love of God, they had a career day, and the Rams had a tough, tough day. I mean, Jared Goff still threw for 355 yards, but Miami's defense was just eating in Tua's first start, and it's not like Tua really lit up the scoreboard. He only had 93 yards passing. He didn't look fantastic, but – that defense had quite the day. Well, there's a reason that Jared Goff threw for that many yards is because they had the ball forever because they had um, a punt return for a touchdown. They had a fumble return for a touchdown. So that really took away the time of possession from Miami and gave a lot more of it to the Rams. So, um, yeah, Tua was – they didn't need him that game really. I mean, it didn't matter who they would have started. They would have won that game. He went 12-23, yeah. 93 yards, had the touchdown pass to Devontae Parker in the red zone. But, um, no, I mean, it was a very – the, the Dolphins' defense isn't going to do that every week. We're right. going to be able to see more of Tua this coming week. Um, who do the Dolphins play this week? That's a that's the better question. That is a good question. I can pull it up as we speak. But um, I will say this: I I was talking. To, I forget who I was talking to, but um, I I wouldn't. Uh, by the way, the Dolphins play the Cardinals. Play okay. The Cardinals oh wow, week, that's so. going to be a fun game. That there's. I don't think there's a chance that they can slow down Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins the way they did to the Rams there. But um, I will say this. I I think, you know, the Rams were due for a game that was going to be ugly, and it just so happened that it was against Miami. Miami beat the 49ers earlier this year. So Miami's a talented talented team. I'm not taking that away from them. But, you know, I still think the Rams are a better team overall. I think going down the stretch, the Rams would be better off. They're still sitting at five and three. So I think they were just due for one of those games where, you know, they get outplayed a little bit. They weren't on their A game and just so happened to be this game. And they, they, they lost uh, kind of in an ugly fashion. Yeah, I mean, it's not every game. Every team is going to have at least one stinker a year. You know, usually it's one or two. But, no, I mean, turnovers killed them. They still, I mean, it wasn't a complete blowout. I mean, it was an 11 point loss, but no, I think, I think you're right. You know, teams are going to have bad games. I still think the Rams are fine. I get that four of their wins were against the NFC East. I don't, you can't pick who you play. They beat everybody that they should have beat. They had a bad game yesterday and you know, that's going to happen, but no, I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, Tua versus Kyler Murray. 
Miami Dolphins, number one scoring defense in the NFL right now, my friend. Mm-hmm. That's not it something is. I expected us to be saying at this point. Not at all. I was I was expecting them to come out slow, which they kind of did. You know, they, they won a few games, but still came out slow because pretty much all those guys have never played together. And they're starting to put it together a little bit. And, you know, I think it's that, that great secondary that kind of does it for them. That secondary is very good. They have some very good players there. Um, so, that, I mean, that's another thing, too, is – there was rumors that the Miami Dolphins were thinking of trading Xavier Howard, which would have really kind of surprised me because they just gave him an extension. They're playing well. They're four and three. I mean, they're still in talks for the for the division, the AFC East. I don't know why you would even – maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just, you know, some rumors that some people wanted to stir up to have something to talk about. But that that Miami secondary is, you know, maybe a headache for opposing uh, opposing offenses. And let's stick with that AFC East because we talked about my Steelers. We might as well talk about your Bills. Um, first of all, I'm pissed off at them because I picked them minus four <laughs> and they didn't cover for me. What the heck's happening, man? Because they didn't they didn't have to face Julian Edelman. Defensively, they didn't have to worry about Stephon Gilmore. And they're 12 yards away from losing to a very non-talented Patriots team, if not for a fumble by Cam Newton. So uh, yes. what's uh, what's going on with your Bills? Um, gee, where, where do you start? I mean, the, the offense has not been what they were the first four weeks. There's no denying that Josh Allen hasn't looked like his MVP state that he was in the first four weeks. They, the Patriots did game plan very well. They, they played a lot of zone defense that, you know, Josh Allen kind of struggles with. They played a lot of defense relying that they're going to pass the ball because that's how they won, how they have won their game so far. And they, that, that gave them a chance to get the run game going, which they haven't been able to do all year. So that was good to see. That was encouraging to see. But their defense is just week after week, they struggle to stop the run and they struggle to get the teams out on, on third down. And it's so frustrating to watch because <laughs> I'm used to the defense of last year that is just shutting down teams left and right. So I was expecting them to maybe make us – small move at the deadline here to to maybe up their defensive play a little bit but who knows I mean it's they've been dealing with injuries all year I don't want to blame it on the injuries but the defensive line just isn't right they're they're missing Starlet Tule at at the uh, one tech D tackle position and it's showing and they got they got a serious they got some serious work to do because they go up against Seattle this Sunday yeah, um, and Seattle fresh off a nice beat down of the uh, emergency room 49ers, as they should probably be known as now. Um, so, no, I mean, we'll get into more of this on, you know, Thursday or Friday whenever we do the pre-show. Um, but right now, I mean, they're giving Buffalo plus two and a half. I think that's a very, very generous line. I think that if they keep playing the way they are right now, it's going to be Seattle running up the score because we know that that offense can put up points. Yeah. Their defense has got to figure it out. And their offense needs to put up more points too. I don't get – you know, they've slowed down a lot against a New England defense that's missing a lot of pieces already because of opt-outs. Gilmore isn't there. They just haven't no. – I don't know. Whether it's, I, you know, not think, scoring against – go ahead. No, I, I think a big part of it is, like I mentioned with the injuries, was – John Brown is a huge, huge, huge piece of that offense that a lot of people don't realize. He had over 1,000 yards last last year. Um, and, you know, he's, he's that piece that Josh Allen looks to. He's the guy that he relies on. A lot of the times now Josh Allen is forcing it to Stephon Diggs because, you know, he has Cole Beasley and maybe that that's about it. So I think having John a healthy John Brown back, I mean, he played on, on Sunday against the Patriots, but he just didn't look right. Um, they're dealing with some injuries on the offensive line too. So it's just a lot of, a lotting, a lot of moving pieces that they just haven't been able to get that consistency down. And I think once they get that back, they should be fine. They were, they were easily scoring, you know, 25, 30 points in the first four weeks. And that's what you have to do against Seattle. If you want to beat Seattle, you have to score points because you know, Seattle is going to score at least 30 on you. So if they can get the offense going, I mean, I think they can survive with the way their defense is playing right now. But it's 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 going to be tough against Seattle, that's for sure, because they didn't look great against the Patriots either. But they got the win, and they're 6-2. and two. That's all that matters. We'll see how long that can sustain. I think you're right, though. I think they do need to kind of get a kick in the butt. And uh, on both sides of the ball, really. I mean, they didn't score a touchdown against the Jets. Um, and it's – 
you know, New England and the Jets, I think, are kind of the weaker parts of the ACs, which is weird to say. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm, they, they need to do something this week to prepare for Seattle and be able to put up points because, you know, Russell Wilson's going to be able to, to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I am looking forward to seeing Trey White on either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, though. Yes. That'll be an exciting matchup all game. Yes, it will. I, I'm a little nervous of what's going to be going on on the other side of uh, Trey White because he can't cover two guys at once, and I don't know if I trust Levi Wallace to cover either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. So, I don't know. We, we, can, we can get into the whole breakdown for Sunday's game uh, whenever we record our pregame show. But yeah, game, we can. A game that I was – a little confused by we touched on it a little bit but Packers losing to the Vikings it's like you said at the beginning of the show I mean it's it's a divisional game they're always tough they're always close but Delvin Cook just had a day and I was not expecting that from the Green Bay defense yeah um I mean Green Bay's had problems against the run this season I mean their past defense has been pretty good Uh, but when it comes to the run I mean that's kind of been their Achilles heel on that side of the ball Dalvin Cook, first player, I believe, in NFL history to score four touchdowns on uh, his team's first four drives. So um, they they made it very obvious and very clear this is going to be a game for Dalvin Cook to take over, and they just couldn't stop him. So, um, no, I don't think Minnesota is a playoff threat by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, this is a divisional game and a division where, um, especially these two teams, it's not odd to see them split no matter how good the other is. So, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm not worried about the Packers. I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers. He played fine. Devontae Adams looks fine. Uh, they were without Aaron Jones. They relied on Jamal Williams, who did pretty well. A.J. Dillon, uh, he tested positive for COVID, so they're going to be without uh, Dillon. Uh, Jamal Williams, I guess, is also going to be put on that list. He's not going to be available on Thursday against the 49ers, but um, Aaron Jones is expected to be a full go. So, um, I mean, that'll be good for them to get him back, but yeah. I, th- I think this is exactly what they need. I get it's a short week, but you're playing a team that's using a backup quarterback. They got no George Kittle. They're missing so many pieces on defense. They're missing Raheem Mostert. I think they just kind of need a tune-up game right now to try to get back in rhythm. Um, and I think that's pretty much what this will be uh, against San Francisco on Thursday. I mean, I think they better. I think they need, like you said, just something to wake them up, something to – really prove that they're still maybe the best team in football and it's the perfect week to do it against the four and four 49ers that are missing more than half their starters and it is it's killing them I mean you you might be you might be right with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out after this year because he's hurt he's going to be out for a few weeks six weeks for Garoppolo six weeks okay I didn't realize it was that much so I mean if if you're the 49ers, do you really want to stick around and keep him around? Or are you looking somewhere else? Because I would look somewhere else. There's so many options for them this coming season, too. Because um, now, I don't think Matt Ryan's going to be the guy. I think that would be a, a, just a very good matchup to bring Matt Ryan back to Kyle Shanahan, the run that they had together with Atlanta to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I think that would be something. I think he's too expensive, though. So I don't mm-hmm. think that it's Matt Ryan. Um, I think Sam Darnold's on the table. I think, you know, if you want to go to the draft, whether we've talked about it before, if you want to trade a few picks and a piece to move up and try to get one of these quarterbacks, whether it be Trevor Lawrence, whether it be Trey Lance, Zach Wilson's entering the conversation now from BYU, the Mormon Mahomes, as they like to call him on the social media. (laughs) Um, So I think that he could, you know, all of those guys are very much in play in terms of what the 49ers can do uh, at quarterback. So, um, I think they're built to win now. They're just the quarterback away, which is never where you want to be. Right. Um, but if they can somehow – I'm not ruling the 49ers out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes because this could honestly be a blessing in disguise for them. Because remember, I mean, you brought it up last, the last time we talked about this. They did horrible because Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. They get Nick Bosa. They yep. go to the Super Bowl. Yep. I think right now everybody's hurt. They're going to be <laughs> – they're going to finish, you know, f- you know, six and 10, maybe they're going to be in the top 10 of the draft. They're a team that has a bunch of pieces. They'll have picks. They can trade one of those pieces, some picks, try to move up and get a guy. If they want to go that way toward the draft, they could trade a pick and get Sam Darnold and still use all their picks to try to build around him. There's so many things that they can do. I think that, you know, obviously this year hasn't been what they expected, but, 
I think it's pretty obvious and pretty clear that they need somebody else besides Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback because it's just – he can't stay healthy, and when he is healthy, it just – I get that they got to the Super Bowl, but that defense got them to the Super Bowl, and he's kind of what held them back. So, yeah, I think this could be a blessing for, for the 49ers. I think, I think it'll be something like that. I mean, what a, what a wild ride for 49ers fans. I mean, mm-hmm. you go from – Going to the Super Bowl to being twelve and four, and then a couple couple in between years, going two and fourteen, six and ten, four and twelve, and then thirteen and three. And now look at you, you're probably gonna like you said maybe go six and ten, and then I wouldn't doubt it if they come back and go eleven and five. I mean this team is very talented. It's just so many injuries they've been dealing with. George Kittle's out now. Nick Bosa's out. Jimmy Garoppolo's out. Solomon Tomlin's out. I mean they are just getting eaten alive by the injury bug and it's tough to see but there's really no chance that they stay in the playoff conversation with that division with the nfc with the strength in the nfc um it's just it's a shame but you know there's always next year 49ers fans um but you know maybe if they if the nfl changed the rules and allowed them to somehow sneak into the playoffs because they're better than the eagles who are probably going to win their division at what six and ten I don't know because they are a mess too and they just they put a beat down on Dallas but who wouldn't and it doesn't really you know it doesn't reaffirm their how good they are the Eagles are still a pretty rough team right now it's a horrible division it's really bad Carson Wentz has been bad he threw two more picks they're bad (laughs) I mean there's no other way putting that they they don't have any good skill players on offense um, Travis Fulgham, Travis Fulgham, and Travis through the conversation. <laughs> this guy Travis, comes out of nowhere. Travis Fulgham has been the number one because he was thrown into the situation, and Carson Wentz makes him the number one. It's yes. not. They've got no legit guy. I mean, Zach Ertz has been hurt. Dallas Goddard is good. He's not great. They, I mean, Boston Scott, a friend of the show. I don't think he's on the elite level yet. So it's, it's a lot going wrong it's the same story that it's been for the past how many years now because that's the, the same thing last year. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, and then defensively i mean darius slay's been really good outside of him though they've been nothing they've got no good linebackers and i'm surprised they didn't try to make a move for Quan alexander if they could have got him for a sixth or a fifth or whatever the hell that the saints got him for because god knows they need help at that spot and mm-hmm. it just doesn't make a lot of sense what they're doing right now um I don't know if they're just waiting for the draft and maybe try to get a Dylan Moses or a Micah Parsons, depending on how the season goes for them. But no, the NFC East is still really wide open. I do want to do this though, because I think that around the league, there's a few teams that we can just stick a fork in and say they're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think right now I'm in the NFC East, I'm sticking a fork in the Cowboys. Yes. I think that we can out of all four of the incredible dysfunctional franchises that make up the mm-hmm. NFC East right now, mm-hmm. they have the worst quarterback situation, which is saying a lot yeah. in that division. Yeah, really. So I'll, that'll be my first in terms of this. I'm just going to stick a fork in Dallas. Is there a team maybe to you who you think, Oh, there's no way that they're doing They're They're done. I mean, I, I think this is an easy choice. The jets, that's not going to be my choice, but mm-hmm. the jets are done. Yes, absolutely. Um, the other team, I think you stick in that division. I think you stick a fork in the Giants. Yes, their division is very bad, but do you really think that the Giants have enough to climb out of the basement and maybe beat the Eagles? Because I think the Eagles are a better team. I just don't – I think Washington might be even a better team than the Giants. They have a better defense. Their quarterback situation is a little iffy, but they have some good players on offense. I think the Giants are done. I don't think they – I don't think they – come close to winning that division and they're definitely not going to come close to winning a wild card i think that the two best teams in that division are philadelphia and washington yes and uh, whoever's going to win it is going to be one of one of those two Mm -hmm. um but i think that the giants in terms of i think they're getting a little bit better every week daniel jones just needs to stop turning the ball over so much that seems to be their kryptonite this one might surprise you i'm going to stick a fork in the chargers um okay Eh, that does that that does surprise me a little bit honestly until you know at some point all of these one possession losses and blowing leads it's not on the players anymore it starts to be a thing about coaching yeah i think that anthony lynn needs to go i think that this has been a problem for a while now um when you blow a 24 to 3 lead at some point 
you know, it's it wasn't Justin Herbert's fault. It wasn't the offense's fault. Defensively, I think they just got a little too comfortable. Yep. I think that's very much on coaching. I think in that division, it's still pretty open. I mean, the Chiefs are going to win that division, but the Raiders are, are doing a lot better. Denver just came back to beat them. They seem to finally start getting at as close to full strength as they can get. I mean, Drew Locke coming back. You know, KJ Hamler starting to look really good defensively. They're still an average defense right now. But, no, in terms of that division, I think right now they could very well be – in terms of coaching, they, they could be the worst coach team in that division. And I just don't think – that they're going to be able to climb out of that hole that they're in right now. I believe at two and five now. Yeah. So I mean, I, if they I were, can't, can't if they were three that. and four, it'd be a different story. But yeah. when you blow a lead like that to take you to two and five, your season's done. I'm going to, I'm, I'm sticking a fork in the chargers. Okay. You can't argue that uh, one, my last team that I will stick a fork in might, might surprise you just a little bit. I don't know, but Houston Texans, uh, they have Deshaun Watson. He's an elite quarterback in this league, but other than him, what 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 can you show me on that defense that's gonna say yeah they could win some games or besides you know maybe Will Fuller what else on that offense is really scaring you I think Houston is a mess right now we've talked about them a lot uh no draft picks basically I mean they don't have a first they don't have a second I really they're stupid for not making a trade before the deadline absolutely very stupid because what are you playing for? Uh, you're, you're chasing the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. You're four games behind them. You're not getting a wild card, even though we have an extra wild card this year. The AFC's tough. You're not climbing out of that, that hole. You're one and six. If you were, you know, two and five, yeah, I'd probably still say that you're done. But Deshaun Watson, I'm so sorry you signed that contract because you might be locked into to some ugly seasons coming up. Yeah, and – I, I agree with that. I just think that in that division, their draft situation right now, how in God's name do you not trade something? Something. You, you, have, you have some decent wide receivers. You have Will Fuller, you have Brandon Cooks, you have Randall Cobb, who was you know, a little older. But move, move Will Fuller for a, I don't know, what, a third? I, they, they probably could have gotten a third, maybe a fourth. I think probably a fourth is more realistic, but <laughs> – Anything. They should have. They should have moved JJ Watt. They yeah. should have let him out of that purgatory that he's been trapped in. They should have given him some, you know, sent him somewhere where he can be on a contender. Gotten a second, or I don't think they get a first for JJ Watt anywhere that they send him. They could have got a second, which they don't. I don't have know any if they of. get a second though, because he. I think the only thing holding back that move is the contract. I think no. Yeah. I don't want to say no team, but I think it's going to be real tough to convince a team to say, "Hey, let's take on to this big contract of a guy that." Mm-hmm. Isn't playing like he used to and gets hurt a lot, but he could he could be a good player. Yeah, and I think that one team that really could have used him, they're not going to send him there because it's in division. Like Tennessee could have really used him. Yeah, they've got no pass rush right now. Obviously, they're not going to send him in division and have to mm-hmm. play him twice. But um, I mean, there's a plethora of teams that could use him. How you're Buffalo Bills? We've talked about that a few times on this show, saying why not go make a move for J.J. Watt? Give up a second or a third or, you know, a combination of like a third and a sixth or something to get him because God knows that Houston needs the draft capital and Buffalo needs the pass rush. Um, no money. No money. The Bills only had $4 million in cap space, so it would have been tricky to get that in there. But, no, I mean, yeah. I agree with you. I think there were pieces that were that could have been moved and they just sat on their hands and said, yeah, you know, we're just going to stick with what we got and kind of be screwed for the draft coming up. Unless they make, you know, a move in the offseason, which I think that they – I think they do. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, once the new league year rolls around in March, we're going to see either a Whitney Merciless or a J.J. Watt or both of them. And then at least one of those receivers, whether it be Cooks, Fuller, Cobb, Kenny Stills. I don't think Kenny Stills is going to get much. You might get a fifth or a sixth for Kenny Stills. Yeah. But, you know – they they are the biggest losers for staying stagnant at the trade deadline, yes. no doubt. So I agree with you. You can definitely stick a fork in the Houston Texans. But my goodness, I just don't get how you don't make a move in that situation. I do not know. I do not know. Uh, I won't. I won't say that we can stick a fork in them. But I do want to talk about them real quick before we get into our power rankings and mm-hmm. going over our picks. They might be in a little bit of trouble. I don't. I, they're still five and three, but the Cleveland Browns had an ugly game against the Las Vegas Raiders. They're losing Odell Beckham Jr. for the year. Do you have faith in them to, you know, keep up the hot streak and maybe get a wild card spot? Because I don't know if I do at this point. 
Yeah, well, the season if the season ended today, they would be the seventh seed. Now that's only because the Raiders have only played seven games and haven't had they've had their bye already. Cleveland hasn't, but you know they would own the tiebreaker, so they'd be around that seven eight spot. We look at the rest of their schedule right now. They got Houston this week, which I'm not too worried about them winning. To be honest with you, I mean, I'm sorry, that's next week. They're on their bye this week. They got Houston okay. the week after. My apologies. So um, they go into the bye five and three. After that, they have Houston. I'm not. I think they're better than Houston. So I think we could probably pencil them in around six and three there. Um, Then they've got Philadelphia. That's not a non-winnable game. They could be seven and three. Then at Jacksonville. So these next three games, they could very, they could very easily be eight. They have that that advantage. I I will be honest. This is bad broadcasting or podcasting. I didn't look at their schedule. I'm just kind of thinking Mm -hmm. off the top of my head, but right. I, I I could see them losing a game like a Philadelphia. I could see them losing a game like Jacksonville. It's, it's not – I don't think they're, you know, a big powerhouse team. They, they have some some serious holes on that team that can be exploited. So, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll be in the talks for a wild card, but I'm not writing them in to be an absolute wild card team right now. I'm not going to write them in either because I do like Las Vegas a little more than I thought that I would. I don't like their defense, but outside of the front four of Cleveland, I don't like their defense either. So, um, no, I, I think that – you know, and that next three-game stretch, if they go two and one and they're sitting at, what, seven and four, I think that's in pretty good shape. Now, after that, they've got at Tennessee and then Baltimore. So, mm-hmm. that'll be a two-game stretch that'll really define their season. So, but if they go one and two in that stretch, let's say that they lose to Houston and, you know, lose to Philly back-to-back and are sitting at five and five, but beat Jacksonville and are at six and five, they could very easily lose the next two and be six and seven, and then we're doing this all over again like we did yep. last year. Yep. So it's – I get the concern, I do, because after Baltimore, uh, they still got to play Pittsburgh one more time, and I'm not, I'm not confident in their ability to go into Pittsburgh or beat Pittsburgh. It'll be at Cleveland. I don't think they beat Pittsburgh. So, yeah, this, this next five-game stretch will really define where Cleveland goes um, because after that, I mean, you know, they got the Giants and the Jets, so it's back-to-back trips, trips to MetLife for them, but – and they close off with Pittsburgh. So they need to go at least two and one in their next three to really be, com- to really be comfortable. I think so. I think so. And I, I said that we were going to get into our uh, power rankings, but I kind of forgot about maybe the biggest upset of the week that you called the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and Mr. Joe Burrow took down the Tennessee Titans who were red hot five and two, or they were five and one. Now they're five and two. Um, so what are you thinking? I mean, I was very impressed. I, I wasn't ruling it out that it was possible. I thought it was very possible, but I didn't think it was going to happen. With no Joe Mixon, I mean, this Bengals team just came out of nowhere and really just, I would say, dominated the Titans. They won 31-20. to 20. Yeah, I think that, you know, you look at the Bengals' offense, it's just a mismatch for the Titans' defense. The Titans' mm-hmm. defense doesn't have a good pass rush, and that's the one thing that, that really benefited the Bengals because their offensive line isn't good, but the pass rush of t- Tennessee isn't good either. So, you know, Joe Burrow had a little bit more time than he usually does. Um, the Titans secondary isn't good. I mean, they go out and get Desmond King, which is a must get for them if they mm-hmm. wanted to stay and, you know, contention as, you know, serious contenders, which I still don't think they are, but that's a different conversation. Um, so, I think that that was the biggest thing was the fact that they couldn't get to Joe Burrow. He had enough time to give the ball to a T Higgins or a Tyler Boyd or an AJ green. Um, Giovanni Bernard. I mean, he's looks like he could be anywhere between the ages of 25 and 73 with that mustache. But um, no, I think that that was the biggest, that was the biggest mismatch at least for me was just the fact that the Titans can't rush the quarterback. And that's the only thing that Joe Burrow has really needed so far this year is time. Right. And he finally got it. And it, you know, first of all, I love those uniforms that they were wearing oh, at home. Those, those clean, all whites. Yeah. So, um, but no, I think that one Tennessee isn't nearly as good as we all like to make, as we all make them out to be. Their defense isn't good. They got Desmond King, which is a good move. But um, no, I think, and I think that Cincinnati is a lot better than what their record shows, and I've been saying that all year too. So, uh, good win for the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. I wish he wasn't a Cincinnati Bengal, but at this point, I can't even hate on the Bengals because <laughs> they're not. I mean, they're sitting at two five and one, but. Um, not no. yet not give a threat them, yet i say give them give it two a, years and they're coming for that division title yeah i agree a year two years max they're gonna be right in the midst of a playoff hunt 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, I, I, I will mix this in that I went three and O last week on my picks and I think you did too, but I think I'm still yeah. in the lead. Yeah. You would have a one game lead. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure those were the right games I was looking at. So I'm 17 um, and seven on the year for our three game, uh, pick them. So I, ha- I picked the Raiders saints and bills last week. They all pulled it off and sitting at 17 and seven looking, uh, looking real pretty right now. I'm sure it is. I picked the, I guess I, I did go three, you know, cause I've got my picks right here. So I picked the Falcons, the Seahawks and the saints and they all won. So I'd be what 16 and eight. Yeah. You're, you're one, one game behind me, I believe. So yeah, still neck and neck. I thought, uh, I thought I could pull away this week going three and oh, but that is a, okay. We will make our picks for week nine, week nine already. Uh, I know on, on our pregame show. So uh, keep a heads up for that, but you want to do some power rankings? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want me to start or would you like to start? You go right ahead. All right, so we'll start with number 10, the Vegas Raiders, I guess. Um, okay. I mean, they've got wins over the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Browns. The win was a big factor in Cleveland. You know, as we get into this time of year, you know that better than anybody. Those mm-hmm. wins off Lake Erie, yes. they're going to play a very, very big factor in certain games. And it was just a gritty – it came down to coaching, really. It was a gritty game. Um, a 16 to six, really an old school football game. It was a lot of fun to watch. A very defensive oriented, very strategic. I enjoyed watching it. The Raiders look good. Derek Carr looks good this season. He's having a very quiet, good season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Raiders are four and three. They're looking good. Uh, number nine, the Rams. Um, we talked about it already. They had a stinker of a game. I still like them to be a wild card team this year. Um, you know, Jerry Goff is good. I think that he gets more hate than he deserves, you know, and obviously their defense, you know, it's Aaron Donald, it's Jalen Ramsey. Um, so I still like what they have on both sides of the ball. I still like Sean McVay's play calling. I think they're fine. Um, they just faced a Miami team that really came to play. Baltimore's number eight. Um, I'll tell you this right now, you know, Lamar Jackson, I've said it once, I've said it twice, I've said it a thousand times. If, if you get a lead on Baltimore, especially a late lead, you're more than likely going to win that game mm-hmm. because he's shown time and time again his arm isn't going to win Baltimore games. Um, the four turnovers that he had against Pittsburgh really cost them, and Pittsburgh really was opportune on defense to really set up their offense, especially in the second half because in the first half it was very bad offensively. But, um, you know, we know that the, you know, they made the Ngakwe trade at the deadlines to make their – pass rush that much better but offensively when it comes down to it eventually you got to make a throw you got to be able to throw the ball they they really can't right now so i'm gonna put baltimore number eight you know i told you that you weren't gonna like my power rankings but they only fell one spot i'm gonna keep the bills at seven because i like josh allen more than i like lamar right now um look and we talked about this too no touchdowns against the jets they almost lose to a bad patriots team they got to figure it out um I'm going to keep them there because they're six and two and I believe in Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs is really, really kicking ass this year for them. That's such a good trade. Mm. Uh, so good job by the bills front office and getting that done, but defensively they've got to figure it out as well. So uh, bills are seven. I hope that they can really, I can't say turn the tie cause they're six and two, but they need to pick it up. Yeah. So bills are number seven. I'll put the Cardinals at six. Um, wow. That's a big jump. Didn't you have them? I think they were like eight or nine last week. Yeah, Let me look. Okay. Yeah, they were nine last week. It's right in front of my face. Yeah, so I'll put them at six. I like the Cardinals a lot, man. Their defense has been a lot better than what I would yes. have expected. Now, they still do allow a decent amount of passing yards. That needs to come down a little bit. But overall, I mean, they make the plays when they need to. Offensively, they're so much fun to watch. Um, and I can't wait to watch Tua versus Kyler Murray this week. It's going to be like we're watching, you know, an old SEC versus Big 12 interconference game in week two. It'll be great. So – um, no, I like the Cardinals a lot. I think that they're – I think we can always pencil them in as anywhere from that five to seven seed. I don't think they catch Seattle. No. Um, I think they're, you know, at least a year away from being division uh, title winners. But I think anywhere from the five to seven seed, you could put Arizona in. And where, whoever they play, wild card Sunday, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, yes. Arizona they, number six. They are an extremely fun team to watch. Um, so, for my top ten, sitting at number ten – this might be a little biased because of our, our newfound uh, friend, but I got the Colts <laughs> at number 10. Uh, they are kind of coming around a little bit here. They're 5-2. and two. I am loving their defense this year. Their defense is playing very well. Uh, like Zach was talking about earlier in the show, it's 
they have a lot of guys on that offense that can just, you know, have a day. They have a lot of guys that they can rely on. It's not just a, a one-man show, um, you know, whether, whether it be Jonathan Taylor or Naheem Hines who had a great game on Sunday or Zach Pascal or T.Y. Hilton if he wants to start turning it on a little bit and some good tight end, uh, good tight end play. So I like the Colts, and I, I'm going to put them at number 10. They're, they're five and two. I mean, you can't really sleep on them too much anymore. Um, and number nine, I have the Cardinals. I, I like I was like you were saying, I mean, I really like them a lot. Um, I, I like their defense. They've surprised me a lot, but I don't know if I really trust them enough to bump them up above, you know, some other teams on this list. So I got the Cardinals in there at number nine. I got my Bills at number eight. They they upset me, but I still love them. So I can't, you know, I can't overreact too much. They're still six and two. They win games. That's all that matters. It might be ugly, but, you know, if you win every game of the year by one point, you're Super Bowl champ. So, uh, Bills are sitting <laughs> at number eight there. I got the Titans at seven. I, you know, we're, you and I are both not really too high on them. They lost to the Bengals somehow, but I still think they're a good team. I think they're maybe, I mean, they're, they're going to be in the talks for their division. I don't see them winning a playoff game really. Um, so I got the Titans at number seven. I still, you know, with the, with the addition of Desmond King, I think that helps their defense a lot. Uh, and I do have the Ravens at number six. They impressed me against the Steelers. Yes, you know, Lamar Jackson can't really beat good teams, but their defense still played well. Offense put up more points than I thought they would against the Steelers. So, you know, can't sleep on the Ravens too much. I got them at six. And then I'll let you do your top five, and then I'll do my top five. Okay, so number five, I'm going to put Green Bay there. Um, I still I still like them. I, the rush defense is the only thing that really gets them. Um, and I guess you can say their lack of, you know, a secondary receiver. They kind of rotate who plays second fiddle to, to Devontae Adams every week. But that is something that they need uh, to really focus on. So I would expect them to go out and get, you know, a Dante Pettis or somebody to try to, you know, get them another compliment. But, no, I still like Green Bay. They're still the best team in that division by a solid margin. Um, and they're number five. Um, I'm going to put the Seahawks number four. Uh, you know, it's just this, this defense, man. It's not good. You know, Jamal Adams will be coming back, but he hasn't been there in a little bit. So we'll see how they adjust to having him back. Um, offensively, we know how great they are. I mean, DK Metcalf is emerging as one of the best receivers in football. Tyler Lockett, one of the more underappreciated players in football. And Russell Wilson is going to be the MVP of barring something extreme happening. So right now he's on pace for 59 touchdown passes, oh which would God. be – which would be at, at this point, I start to take the on pace thing seriously because we're past the halfway mark. Yeah, you know, I don't, I hate when people say after two games, he's on pace to throw 79 <laughs> touchdowns. Like, yeah, it's two games, dude. But no, at this point, I can start buying into the on paces. So he's on pace to have maybe the best year passing in the history of the NFL. So, um, I'm buying into the Seahawks solely because Russell Wilson is incredible and he's really single handedly. The offense, I guess, is single-handedly winning them games. So they're number yep. four. I'll put the Buccaneers at number three. Um, offensively, they're inconsistent, but defensively, they're really good. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the fact that, you know, their offense seems to take certain halves off for some reason, whether it was the <laughs> Chicago game, whether it was the first half against the Giants. I mean, it's just – I'm going to give them a mulligan for week one. I – I've already forgotten about that game. That was the first time playing together. I don't care about that. They're going to stomp the Saints this weekend. Um, so I'll take Tampa Bay number three. Um, I would like to see a little bit more consistency on offense. But Tom Brady's been playing great since week three, 17 touchdowns to one pick. That leads the league. Uh, number two, I'll put the Chiefs at number two. There's nothing much that needs said. They murdered the Jets. They should have murdered the Jets. Uh, Pat Mahomes threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. Um, he had fun they, they that day. They beat the Jets. Yes. And number one, uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers, mate. Um, I didn't think they were going to win this week. I thought that that was going to be their first loss of the year. At halftime, I was pretty convinced it was going to be their first loss of the year. And then something just clicked, and they decided to start playing. <laughs> um, they've got the best defense in football. They've got the best pass rush in football. Um, I think they have the best core receivers in football. They can just rotate whoever goes off each week. Chase Claypool had a touchdown. Eric Ebron's become a very vital part of this offense. Um, and it's very – it's just been really next man up mentality, and it's really worked. You know, Cam Hayward dealt with an injury that's not serious, thank God. Uh, but Isaiah Bugs came in, and he made uh, the tackle on fourth down that gave the Steelers the ball back inside the red zone. 
which was incredibly crucial to that game. Um, Robert Spillane had a pick six filling in for Devin Bush. I mean, it's, it's just been really good to see from them. Um, I would just like, I want to see them throw the ball deep more. They haven't done that a lot. That's my only complaint so far. Let Ben cook and just mm-hmm. let him do what he needs to do. That's my only complaint. So that is my top five. All right. We're, we're a little similar here. Uh, my number five, I have the Buccaneers. Like you said, they're inconsistent. Their defense is very good. Who, who would have thought that an offense that stacked with Tom Brady leading the way can be that inconsistent, but it, it's happening. So, you know, maybe maybe Antonio Brown is the missing piece. He will be active and ready to go for this week, but uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out. So I have the Me Buccaneers in, that, in there at number five. Uh, I have the Packers at four. I still think that they're maybe one of the best teams in the league. I think they just had a bad week against the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. I think if they signed Dante Pettis, I think that, you know, Dante Pettis didn't really have a great career so far with the 49ers, but change in scenery, he would be very important on that offense, and I think that would be a huge move for them. Um, but, yeah, I still like that Packers defense a lot. Jair Alexander is really coming around to be an elite player on, in this league. Um, so I'm not worried about the Packers. I got them at four. I got the Seahawks at three. One move I was really kind of hoping and looking for was Stephon Gilmore to the Seahawks. How fun Shut up. That no, absolutely Come on. Not. Jamal Adams and Stephon Gilmore on the same team. I mean, if you're Seattle, you say we have the offense to do it. Why not add this piece and win a Super Bowl? I think if they added Stephon Gilmore, that would be – Unreal, and that would be so much fun to watch. It didn't happen, but you know, in my I'll agree with you though. That that is very good journalism and insight from you. I, I think it would be I appreciate that, but I think it would be a lot of fun to watch Jamal Adams and, and could you imagine going up against that week after week as Jamal Adams if he can get healthy and Stefan Gilmore? My God. Okay. So anyway, maybe in a in another another uh fantasy world, but Seahawks are number three. Chiefs are number two, which leads uh I think you know who's number one, but Chiefs haven't, you know, they haven't done anything wrong really this year. They had a couple, <laughs> couple bad games, couple close games, but they they put a beat down on the Jets as they should have. Patrick Mahomes is just having the time of his life out there with a lot of money in his pocket. So I got the Chiefs at number two, and I got your Steelers at number one. I was last week I was thinking about it. I was like teetering back and forth, Chiefs or Steelers number one, but the Steelers have the best defense in the league. There's no denying that. Big Ben doesn't have to, you know, throw for 350 yards a game and four touchdowns because his defense can hold teams to under 20 points usually. So Steelers are going to be a various, very serious contender in this league. And you might be, uh, you might be riding a high for a long time here. But I, I got – so I got Steelers, Chiefs, Seahawks, Packers, Buccaneers, my top five. Yeah, the only – you know, this is – I'm most excited I've been about it for about them maybe my entire life. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think back. I mean, that 08-09 season was really cool, but they had the hardest schedule in football that year, and I was in, like, what, fourth grade. So, it was <laughs> – now you're, now you're really into it. No, yeah. This is, this is the most excited I can remember about being for a team. Like, this is – they're so good on defense. Offensively, it's just – they make play calls sometimes that just make me want to throw something because I get, you know, wanting to get, wanting to get the ball out of Ben's hands. Juju, I was wrong, okay? I can admit I was wrong. Okay. Because, you know, coming into the year, you know, I said that, you know, Juju probably won't be a stealer next year. If they get the chance, they should probably trade him. He's been so valuable to this team that and places that stats don't show. Um the stat showed it this past week. I mean, he had seven catches, 67 yards, and a lot of yards after catch in those gritty third and shorts where they needed him to get yards. So I was wrong about Juju. He's been very, very valuable to this team. And um, I hope to see that continue because um, he works hard. He seems to not care what his stats look like each week as long as the team's winning. And I think that's really shown, and it's helped guys like Deontay Johnson, like Chase Claypool, James Washington, Ray-Ray McLeod even. So, no. I was wrong about Juju Smith-Schuster. He's been very, he's been a very big asset to this team, and um, I'm hoping they continue to ride it. I mean, they should be eight zero after this week against Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. So, um, yeah, one, I think one would hope so at least. One would hope so, and then they go against Cincinnati. I believe that game's on Monday night against the Bengals. Okay. 
That'd be a so, fun game to watch, actually. I think I think actually, be, yeah, I think that'll be a pretty decent Monday night game, which I is think it'll something be more, we haven't been able to see between yes. those two. Oh, I lied. That one is on Fox four twenty five. The one later in the year, December twenty first, is on Monday night football. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the Bengals, whoever they play, are going to give a tough matchup, and I think it'll be you know whoever they play, it'll be a fun game to watch. But there we have it. Um, I would like to thank our new friend, Zach Pascal, for coming on our show. Uh, we always appreciate any guests that come on our show. We always try to show them love because they gave us their time, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, I can agree with that, especially during like the season whenever they've got better things to do than talk to college kids who like mm-hmm. talking about football. So, no, definitely appreciate Zach Pascal's time. Definitely appreciate your time. We always appreciate you guys taking times out of your day or incorporating us into your day to listen to us because, you know, you're what you kind of make us go, you know, without listeners, we wouldn't really do this because we wouldn't see the need to, but thank you sincerely for listening to us uh, as you do every week. Kurt, where can they find you on Twitter? Everybody can find me at Kurt K U R T Hamaser H A U M E S S E R 88. All your bills, all your NFL, all your everything. Find me there. Jared, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter. Jay Bailey NFL week nine betting lines out tomorrow. So go there, see who you should bet. Eight and two the past two weeks. Nine and, two of you, nine and two if you include that Atlanta-Cincinnati parlay that I was very surprised actually cashed. But, um, yeah, check out the betting lines. Um, check out Steelers piece on Fanside giving away game balls for the, uh, the week eight game against Baltimore. That will be out within the week. Um, so, yeah, Jay Bailey NFL for all your Steelers betting NFL stuff. Um, I guess now, I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday, which is election day. It's about 7.23 Eastern time, which means that all the election coverage has started. Um, hopefully all of you voted. I know that Kurt and I both did. So are Maybe you going to watch uh, What's that? Are you going to watch any of the election stuff? Yeah, I'll probably keep up with it. You know, it's we're not – probably going to find out for a few more days since there's a bunch of mail in. So maybe by the next time we record on Thursday or Friday, we will know who our new president or our president will be by then. So, uh, but yeah, like Jared said, we appreciate you listening. um, And we will see you, I don't know, Thursday or Friday, right? Thursday or Friday, as we always do for the week nine pre-show till then for Kurt Homicer, I'm Jared Bailey. This laces out. We appreciate you. Talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.